0: What I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast Whenever you say something, other people react to it Taking my breath away, Aaron Fern Lundquist joins me Hall of Famer, Jim Calhoun NASCAR icon, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreit is on the phone Here. Welcome the episode Sweet. 7 Welcome to the podcast. It is Swimming America, the Air Tour Sports Podcast presented by my friend Sportsbook. It is Wednesday, May 24th, 2023. People, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day. And when I tell you we got a jam packed midweek episode of the Air Tour Sports Podcast, boy, oh boy, oh boy, we got ourselves a jam packed midweek episode of the Air Tour Sports Podcast. Here is what you need to know about today's show. We're going to open. We don't often. Talk NBA, not going to make a habit of it, but when LeBron James tries to convince you that he plans on retiring, oh, we got to talk about it. I tell you why of all the great LeBron lies through the years, this one is by far the biggest. He's not going anywhere. We'll discuss that from there. We'll get back to some of the bread and butter stuff that we have done over the course of the spring, a little portal news because there's some new names in most notably Cam Spencer from Rutgers. Where could he end up? Plus a couple of players who were in the NBA draft combine last week. What is an update on Grant Nelson and Kaluma and guys like that. And finally, speaking of updates, we will wrap with Ron Holland. The five-star had been committed to Texas, decommitted from Texas a few weeks ago. He has reopened his recruitment, finally got out of his letter of intent. But is there a new leader? We thought he was going to Arkansas. Is there a new leader for his services? So busy show. Fun show, exciting show, running out of superlatives to discuss it. So, with that said, let's not waste any more time and let's get to the topic of the day. And the topic of the day, as I just said a moment ago, we don't often talk NBA on the Aaron Torres pod. I have found through the years you guys and girls just aren't that interested in it. But when we have a combination of a great playoffs with two really fun teams that I think are about the right things, the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat, I actually have been enjoying these playoffs, Uh, but that's not really why I want to talk about it today. I want to talk about it today because we got a game four in Los Angeles on Monday night that eliminated the Lakers, that eliminated LeBron James, and immediately after, what does LeBron James do? He tries to convince you that he plans on retiring. And so is LeBron actually considering retiring? It was the biggest story in sports on Tuesday, and so I figured we'd discuss it here. Before we get into it, though, I want to give you a little bit of background on something, who I am, and what I thought of when I saw all of these serious reports from all these big J journalists. Oh, you know, LeBron, he might seriously retire. And so it's interesting, right? Because sometimes in life, I think that um, it's good to, in whatever career you're in, I think it's good to not only know what your strengths and weaknesses are, what you do well, who you are, what you're about, what you stand for, all that good stuff, but also what you don't stand for as well, what your weaknesses are, and how do you avoid your weaknesses while heightening your strengths. And so I bring it up because over time, I get asked all the time, is like, What's your end game with all this podcast, radio, this, that? Um, Do you want to be an insider? Do you want to be this? Do you want to be that? And what I always tell people is, I think I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I think I'm somebody that if you listen to this show, it is very clear. I think I'm pretty plugged in. I talk to people every day. I'm very informed, but I would never want to be a quote-unquote insider because while the money's good for Woj and while the money's good for Adam Schefter and while the money is good for whomever, You also got to deal with a lot of nonsense. And I'll be honest, part of being an insider is kind of putting out false information because you got to help your sources. And one thing I will never do on this show, I will never say anything that I don't believe. I will never share information that I know is false just to help a source. If I think a guy is a bum, I'm going to tell you for years, I thought John Calipari could do no wrong. I'll be honest over the last three, four years. I don't think he can do anything Right. Uh, Nate Oates, I was in love with all things Nate Oates until I thought he really flubbed that Brandon Miller situation. And so to me, I think I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I think I'm informed. I think I'm smart, but I'm never going to lie to you. I'm never going to deceive you. And sometimes that is part of the job. And so why do I bring it up? It was because on Tuesday, on Monday night, after game four, after the Lakers lost, we all saw what happened, right? LeBron James goes to the podium. He does the whole, you know, I really got to think about this offseason. What do I want to do? And then immediately, Chris Haynes, a guy that I do respect, I think he does a good job. He immediately puts out the, well, you know, LeBron James is seriously considering retirement. And then, of course, five minutes after that, Dave McMenamin, who covers the Lakers, is tight with LeBron's camp, just so happens to run into LeBron. And just so happens to ask him the question. And LeBron just so happens to give a very vague answer about his future. And let me just say that. I have seen adult films with better acting and better plot lines than what I saw from LeBron James the other night. Okay? LeBron James is not retiring. This is all a media orchestration. And it's really weak. And so I want to talk about the retirement because it is not going to happen. Listen, I will make some promise of some sort. If LeBron does retire, I'll make a donation to charity, whatever. I don't believe he's retiring. I don't believe he's leaving. I all I believe this is a poorly constructed media creation. And let me explain why. One, the idea of LeBron James retiring runs counter to everything that he's ever been about. Okay? Um, we could criticize LeBron for a lot, but for the most part, over the course of his career, he has shown up ready to play most every night um, and given it is all. Like, like, we could criticize LeBron for a lot, but in the load management era, he isn't Zion, he isn't Kawhi, he isn't even his teammate Anthony Davis. When he's healthy, he plays. When he when he's ready, he gives 100%. And he is still a guy that very much has something left in the tank. You know how I know? Because he dropped 40 points in an elimination game on Monday night in Los Angeles. So you mean to tell me that a guy that just set the record for NBA points scored at 38 years old, who just scored 40 points in a game for elimination game? who's still, like, probably one of the 8 or 10 best players. He's just going to step aside when he is one step away from a finals, one step away from competing for a championship, one step away from getting one ring closer to that other guy that he is always compared to. I won't say his name because it's the most annoying sports debate in the world. LeBron's really going to step away now? Stop. Two, it would also run counter to everything that he said publicly about how he wants to end his career. By now, we all know the narrative. And by now, we have talked about it on this show because LeBron James has said for years that he plans on retiring, not before his son gets into the league. In other words, he wants his last chapter to be alongside his oldest son, Bronny. And we talked about it a few weeks ago when Bronny committed to USC. LeBron James, the older LeBron in the NBA, he grew up idolizing Ken Griffey Jr. as an athlete. Can't criticize LeBron because I'm of the same era. Ken Griffey Jr. was bigger than life itself in the mid to late, uh, early to mid 90s. And so that is the era we grew up in. And one cool thing about Ken Griffey Jr. is that when he came into the league as a rookie in 1989, he had a chance to play alongside his father, who is obviously Ken Griffey Sr. And so LeBron has said very publicly That that is something that he wants to do. That is something he wants to experience. He wants to end his career playing alongside his son, Bronny, who is now a year and a half away from entering the NBA. A year from now, the 2024 NBA draft, Bronny will be eligible. We assume he is going to be a one and done at USC, whether he is ready to leave or not. And we have, we assume, and we have heard publicly, by the way, that LeBron James will go to whoever drafts Bronny. That, by the way, is why some places have Bronny listed as a potential top 10 pick. It's not because he's one of the 10 best players in next year's draft. It is because there is a belief that no matter who drafts him, LeBron James will go there. He will be a free agent next offseason. So to me, you have a guy who is still pretty much at about 85% of even at his peak powers. You have a guy that's a year away from having a chance to play with his son. And so now he's talking about stepping away. I'm sorry. I don't buy it. I don't buy it when he was at the podium. I don't buy it after I read the articles. I don't buy it after a day's worth of commentary. So the question now becomes, hmm, why would LeBron James talk about retirement right now? I'm going to do the Brian Windhorst thing. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm, what could it possibly mean? And if you're watching on YouTube, you saw me make all the Brian Windhorst faces and I'm doing the finger thing that Brian Windhorst did. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can find it on social media. But to me, what LeBron James is doing is actually taking a play out of the Aaron Rodgers playbook. So let's do a little cross-sport analysis. Again, I watch a lot of NFL, watch a lot of NBA, talk mostly college basketball, college football on this show. But what has Aaron Rodgers done the last few years in Green Bay? Every offseason, he wants something. And so he floats retirement out as a possibility. Well, you know, I'm thinking about maybe possibly retiring if, and then he gets what he wants. A couple years ago it was a new contract. It's certain teammates. He got Randall Cobb back on and on. And then this offseason, he obviously didn't get what he wanted. The Packers had enough and they trade him to the Green they trade him to the New York Jets. And so I bring it up because to me, LeBron very meekly took a play out of Aaron Rodgers' playbook. And I believe he is using retirement as leverage to get what he wants. So the question becomes what does he want? Well, it seems pretty obvious. He fell short of the NBA Finals with a roster that he had no help in constructing. And I believe going into this offseason, he wants more responsibility. He wants more, uh, you know, to, to be more involved in the decision making. And he wants to help put together what he believes will be a championship roster. couple things that caught my immediate attention when I saw LeBron James claims that he is going to retire. Well, first of all, in the article that Chris Haynes published, and again, Chris Haynes is good at what he does. This is not a criticism of him. If LeBron James came to me and said, hey, publish this, I mean, I probably wouldn't. But I get that that's his job. That's why he's paid by his employers, whatever. Not here to criticize. But the one thing that stood out about the Chris Haynes article Look at the Lakers next year. They only have six players under contract going into next season. So there's a lot of wiggle room, and it's clear that LeBron wants some say in what ends up happening. Also worth noting, did you see who was in the crowd on Monday night? Oh, I don't know. Kyrie Irving just so happened to be at the Lakers game, elimination game, at Staples Center, crypto.com arena, excuse me, we can't call it Staples Center, crypto.com arena. Interesting. Again, I'm going to do the Brian Windhurst. Hmm. 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 What could it all mean? It's pretty clear. LeBron wanted Kyrie at the deadline. LeBron did not get Kyrie at the deadline. And I thought, to the credit of the Los Angeles Lakers, they actually did a very good job, and I'm not going to bore people with the roster construction and this, that, the other thing. But at the same time, I thought they did a good job, but he wanted Kyrie. He didn't get him. And so how does he get the guys that he wants? I believe he is trying to threaten retirement as a way to get it. And so all I'd say in closing is a couple of things. One, it kind of sucks, right? Because I'll just say this. like I, I watched probably more NBA playoffs this year than I have in a long time. And it just so happened, you know, I was away on vacation a few weeks ago. Later in the night, there's more games on. Um, I'm just kind of sitting around the hotel. There was a casino where I was staying. We went down to the sports book, put a few bucks on each game. But I bring it up because I I watched a ton of the Warriors-Lakers series, a ton of the Nuggets-Suns series, Knicks-Heat, and obviously Boston-Philly as well. And in watching it, I'll say this. I just thought the Lakers were really good, really well constructed. I thought they did a good job at the trade deadline to put a competitive team on the floor. But remember, LeBron did not want a lot of those guys. LeBron wanted first John Wall. Then he wanted Kyrie. He didn't get him. And I think it's a shame because I, I, I'm not saying you have to run this team back exactly. And you obviously can't because of the fact that some guys are not going to be available because of free agency. But think about they, they were in the Western Conference Finals. And I get that they weren't even close to Denver. But there's no guarantee that Denver's going to be back next year. There's no guarantee that Denver's going to be perfect next year, that Nicole Jokic is going to be healthy, that Jamal Murray's going to be balling out, that Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., all these guys are going to be good to go. And so I actually don't think the Lakers are that far off. So the idea of blowing it up to help LeBron, I just don't get it. So I think it'll be interesting to see going forward. Um, and I just think it'll be interesting to see going forward. But I do think the idea that... Um, you know, that, that LeBron is floating for retirement. I just, I, I couldn't believe that people actually bought it. Um, but it was certainly a narrative to consider a couple other really quick things before we get to the college hoops portion of the show. One, let me say this. Um, at some point I'll probably do a more extended segment on this, but I love the Denver nuggets and I love the Boston Celtics. And the one thing I'll say about those two teams, um, I think they really run counter, like, like, I criticize the NBA a lot on this show. I think the NBA, it has one of the worst kind of... Um, like I, I think there's a big disconnect between the star players and the fans. The Heat and Nuggets are both throwbacks. Jimmy Butler, second-round pick. Or, or late first-round pick. Four-year college player, started in JUCO. Nikola Jokic, second-round pick. Jamal Murray, first-round pick but coming off injury. A lot of the Heat guys. Caleb Martin play for Eric Musselman at uh, Nevada. Uh, Gabe Vincent they're just two really good teams and two really good stories so I've been enjoying these playoffs um and I'm really excited for the next round I do think Denver will be the favorite in the NBA Finals but I've really enjoyed these playoffs uh so that 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 is one thing I wanted to share and one last thing before we get to break did you see my boy JJ Reddick put his foot in his mouth again on Monday on Tuesday morning so on two so first of all people don't know me and JJ Reddick got into a big thing last year during the NCAA tournament. We went back and forth on Twitter, back and forth on Twitter. He tried to come after me. He tried to turn NBA Twitter on me, and I ended up punking him and making him look bad. And he ended up blocking me. Well, did you see what happened on Tuesday morning on First Take? So apparently they were going. He was going back and forth with Stephen A. on the possibility of a potential retirement for LeBron James, and Stephen A. said something. And this is what this is what uh, JJ Reddick said. First, he said, you don't know anything about player mort- uh, about a career mortality. In other words, LeBron's getting towards the tail end of his career. You don't know what it's like because you never played. And then he says, oh, by the way, you played at uh, whatever, South Dakota, Winston-Salem State, whatever. So for people who don't know, two quick things. One, Stephen A. Smith did play college basketball at a school called Winston-Salem State. And two, Stephen A. Smith was coached by a Hall of Famer named Clarence Gaines. And so it was just one more thing with JJ Reddick. I had a million of you send it to me, DM me, text me privately, whatever. How about JJ Reddick? Oh, Stephen A., you didn't play, so you don't understand. First of all, I'll say this. I've worked in TV. I've done TV. I've worked behind the scenes in TV. The you didn't play is the corniest, lamest thing that anyone can say in an argument because that is basically the former player saying, I have no real rebuttal otherwise. So this is the only trump card that I can play. So I'm going to go ahead and play. I actually remember being in TV production meetings where the producers told former athletes, we don't ever say that on air because all you're doing is undermining the person that you're on air with without elevating yourself in the process. So one, it's really weak. But two, to call out Stephen A and say, you don't know what you're talking about because you played at South Dakota, Winston-Salem State. And oh, by the way, he played for a Hall of Famer not the best moment for JJ redick but I'm not all that surprised because again this guy tried to argue with me I ended up winning he blocked me now JJ redick's credit um he did apologize to Stephen a after but let's call a Spade a Spade JJ Reddick, at least with college hoops not the sharpest uh not the sharpest tool in the shed he's really I think he's pretty good on the NBA sometimes not the best moment for JJ reddick though all right so what I want to do take a quick break when we come back uh when we come back do want to switch gears to the college portion of things a lot of quiet movement in the portal a big name named cam spencer ended up entering the other day also with the nba draft deadline done grant nelson from north dakota state is there an update on him arthur kaluma olivier Kangwa. gonna take a quick break discuss it all next. all right we'll get back to the show in a minute but before we do I want to welcome back our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook, and the Betfred Sportsbook app. The NBA playoffs are here, and nobody has you covered quite like Betfred. By now, you know Betfred's story, started in 1967 in the UK, over 1,200 shops in the UK. They have since come to the United States and made a major splash. They are not only the presenting sponsor of the Aaron Torres podcast and all things Aaron Torres Media, but also The Cincinnati Bengals, the Colorado Rockies, the Denver Broncos. And what I love about Betfred Sportsbook is that nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred. You've seen the Betfred Sportsbook suite at Bengals games. It is hopping. We have sent listeners of this show to Denver Broncos VIP tailgates. Betfred betters have thrown out first pitches at Colorado Rockies games. Again, nobody takes care of you like Betfred Sportsbook does. And here is what they are doing for the NBA playoffs. How about this for a deal? Bet $50 on any game, all playoffs long, get up to $1,111 in free bets. Here's how it works. Download the Betfred Sportsbook app, bet $50 on any game. You automatically get $111 in free bets. But beyond that, here is what else Betfred does for you. They're going to give you up to $200 in insurance for the first five weeks that you're a Betfred customer. So, Maybe you make a bad pick. We all do. We've all been there. Trust me. You followed my picks in March Madness. It happens. So you bet $200. does not work out. Get 200 insurance for the first five weeks that you are a Betfred customer, equating up to $1,111 in free bets thanks to Betfred. Again, nobody takes care of you like Betfred does. Love working with them. They are the presenting sponsor of the Aaron Torres Pod. Tell them Torres sent you. Download the Betfred Sportsbook app All right, everybody. I am back. Good, back. Good to be back. Do want to switch gears and I want to talk about the topic that that you know we just keep talking about and we have talked about for the last two, two and a half months. And that's the college basketball transfer portal. And I'll be blunt. At this point, I kind of feel like the guy at the bar, the last guy at the bar that just won't leave on the transfer portal stuff. Like basically, I'm the dude. They turned off, they turned on the lights, the bartenders are sweeping, everybody else is gone, and I'm just sitting there keeping the party going by myself. That's how I feel talking transfer portal right now, because for the most part, the portal stuff is done, but it is interesting and it is worth updating today because there are two big things to remember when it comes to the College Hoops transfer portal. One, the deadline to enter the portal was May 11th, but graduate transfers do not apply to that deadline so if you have graduated if you have your degree you can pretty much enter the portal anytime you want and be eligible to play next season the other thing that's worth keeping an eye on and worth remembering the deadline to withdraw from the nba draft is next week may 31st and there are several players that are going through the nba draft process that are also in the portal that could be coming back to college basketball and could create another wave of names worth noting when it comes to college basketball's transfer portal. So there's still a lot going on, and there's going to be more as we get towards that deadline. So I want to give a few updates with the NBA draft uh, combine done last week, but also with a couple new names from the graduate perspective entering the portal. And that's where I'm going to start, because over the weekend, we got a legitimately big name entering the portal as a graduate transfer, his name's Cam Spencer. He led Rutgers in scoring at 13 points per game, shot about 43% from behind the three-point arc. And over the last couple of days, he decided that he is going to transfer and look for another option. Entered the portal this weekend, um, and I can tell you over the last probably 24 hours or so, I have had a ton of you reach out to me, especially after we found out some of the schools that have reached out. So Adam Zagoria on, I think it was Monday morning, put out a list of schools that have reached out to Camp Spencer. It includes Kentucky. It includes UConn. It includes Miami, Texas, Indiana, Georgetown, among them. And so when that news came out, a lot of people reached out. Torres, do you think my school has a chance? Do you think my school has a chance? What about my school? What about this? What about that? And so I want to break it down and I want to get into it. But let me start by saying this. My hunch, and, and I did talk to somebody about this today. And I did, you know, there's also just some articles that are out there as well. My hunch is a couple things on Cam Spencer. One, I don't think he entered the portal without having a pretty good idea of where he might end up. And two, I do think NIL is going to be a factor in this one. Now, in terms of the first part, did he enter the portal kind of having an idea of where he's going to end up? I'm not here to say anybody tampered. I'm not here to say anybody forced him in. But I think that one's just common sense because I, I I I am not by any means speculating that somebody did tamper. That first one, though, just feels like common sense to me. If you're the leading scorer on a really good team that just missed the NCAA tournament and is probably expected to make the NCAA tournament if you come back, if you're leaving all of that, then my guess is you kind of know there is something out there that I might be interested in that I can only get access to if I enter the portal. Don't know who that school is. Not sure. Not going to speculate. Not going to say that this school's whatever. But my guess is he probably has a pretty good idea of where he is going to go. But as I've told you many times, once a kid's in the portal, once schools can start reaching out, then it becomes a totally different ball game. And there have been many times this year where I know for a fact that a kid has entered a portal thinking I'm probably going to end up here, and then this school reaches out, and then that school reaches out, and oh my god, this school is interested in me. And all of a sudden, that school that maybe kind of convinced him to get in isn't the one that ends up getting him. So that's one. And then two, I will be blunt. NIL is going to be a factor here, and that's not just my opinion. NJ.com, NewJersey.com, which obviously covers Rutgers, they did a big article about this where they said, Rutgers is behind the eight ball in NIL, and that NIL will be a factor for Cam Spencer as he enters the portal. I can also say I independently verified it with somebody that I know who kind of Um, you know, would know this type of thing. And he's like, yeah, no, money is going to be an issue because Cam Spencer is one of those players that could make a really good amount of money playing college basketball next year. But this is probably, let me put it this way. This might be the biggest payday that he has for a while going into the portal. So I'm not going to speculate on who, what, whatever. One school that I will say, and I hate to be negative Nancy about this, that I do not think is a factor because a couple of their fans asked me, I don't believe that Kentucky is going to be a factor here. I talked to somebody again who's kind of, sort of in the know. And the thing with Kentucky is pretty straightforward, right? They got a lot of really good freshmen that are going to have the ball in their hands, that are going to make plays, that are going to do this, that are going to do that. And I don't really know how appealing it would be for a guy who just led a Big Ten team in scoring to go to a place where you have probably three lottery picks already with you. Now, you want to play with talent. Kentucky fans, don't get mad at me. You want to play with talent, but if everything is going to feature DJ Wagner and feature Justin Edwards, your two-star freshman, do you want to go there and kind of be a sidekick, if you will? I don't know, but my understanding is I do not believe Kentucky will be a factor in this recruitment, even though, listen, I can't criticize Calipari on Sunday and say he's acting moving too slow in the portal and then say that he did anything wrong here. He did his due diligence. He reached out. I don't believe Kentucky will be a factor in this recruitment. Let's keep it going. And let's talk about some of the players that were at the NBA draft combine last week that are still in the portal and that over the next couple of days, we'll find out if they're coming to college basketball, coming back to college basketball or not. First one, the one that I find super duper intriguing is Grant Nelson. And so we've talked about Grant Nelson, six foot 11 forward, super athletic rim runner, Not a great shooter, but really good college basketball player. Played the last three years at North Dakota State from that lovely little town called Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Spent way too much time on their Wikipedia page. I'm fascinated, by the way. Fun fact about me. Small places, small towns. Where these guys, like, I get weird about stuff like that. But I spent a little too much time on the Devil's Lake, North Dakota, Wikipedia page. Shout out, by the way, that's where Rick Helling, the former Major League Baseball player, is from. And there's a chance that pretty soon Devils Lake can also claim a NBA player as well because Grant Nelson went through the NBA draft process. And so now what's going to be fascinating is to kind of figure out what does he actually end up doing really has three very good options. He can stay in the NBA draft. Now, I'm not sold that he will get drafted, but he will get some sort of two way contract. He'll get some sort of decent money as a pro. Does he come back to college basketball and stay at North Dakota State? where he'd be the star, where he'd be the focal point, where maybe he can play his way into a higher draft slot next year? Or does he ultimately decide, you know what? I'm going to go play uh, at somewhere else. I'm in the portal. This was a kid that entered the transfer portal before the deadline a few weeks ago. Does he decide to come back to college basketball and see what his options are? And they are good, and we'll get into them in a minute. But I can tell you about Grant Nelson's current setup as far as his options by all accounts it appears as though he is two feet in with the nba draft as of right now read an article there there's a great uh reporter from fargo i'm blanking on his name i apologize i want to say matt mcneely or something to that effect who was with um who was with grant nelson at the uh, nba combat i want to look this guy's name up really quick because he's done a good job but um was was with grant nelson at the NBA Combine last week, and I bring it up because um, the point I'm trying to make, its its the guy's name, by the way, is Mike McFeely. Okay, so shout out Mike McFeely from Fargo. He's done a really good job covering this. But what I can say about Grant Nelson is it was in the article, but I've also heard. He is two feet in with the NBA draft process, and he wants to see this thing through. So Grant Nelson still has a a, 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 a combine with it, or not a combine, but a pro day, over the next couple days, and he is going to see this thing through and probably take it up right until the the end of May to decide if he comes back to college basketball. Now, if he comes back to college basketball, that's where it gets interesting. I've been told by people in North Dakota, they don't expect him back. They either think he's going to go pro, or if he comes back to college, will likely stay in the portal and look at his options. Now, again, according to that article that I just referenced, um, he hasn't even started thinking about other colleges yet, But I bring it up to say that if he does come back, talking to people around that program, they don't really expect him to be back. Now, I think there's an interesting argument to be made. Do you want to go to a high major and be a piece? Or if it's really about getting to the NBA, stay at North Dakota State, be a star, ball out, be be, be in a system where everything is built around you. But we will see what happens if he comes back. I expect him to enter the portal. I've said it many times. I think Arkansas has to be deemed the favorite here. He is a guy, I don't think as of right now, like I said, that he's dove too deep into all of the options, but Arkansas is one that has made sense from day one. Um, but this is a kid that is going to have plenty of options, including you know the schools that have reached out, Arkansas, Gonzaga, Arizona, Kentucky, Alabama. If he comes back to college, he is going to have no shortage of options. Let's keep it going with a couple more of those NBA draft combine guys. Uh, one guy that, you know, he's been in the portal forever. Like most of these guys entered the portal at the last minute. Olivier Congwa, who played at Tennessee this year, played very well really over the last couple years. He was one of the early ones. Right after the season enters the portal, right after the season enters the NBA draft process. But what's interesting about him is that there is no real buzz that he is going to be drafted. And so my belief is that he is probably going to come back to college basketball uh, this coming season I thought he was really good for Tennessee last year. Remember, Tennessee, not a great offensive team, but that did not stop him from averaging 11 points per game for the Vols, five rebounds. And remember, he was a guy coming off of uh, a major knee injury two years ago, so it took him a minute to really work into who he was, but a really good college basketball player that I think he will be an all-conference caliber player wherever he ends up next year, assuming he does come back. In terms of his recruitment, uh, saw a report earlier in the day on Monday. He is visiting West Virginia. Listen, I know it was a couple bad weeks for Bob Huggins, but Bob Huggins has cleaned up in the portal. Kirk Risa from Arizona, the point guard. Jesse Edwards, the center from Syracuse. Uh, Raekwon Battle, a, a forward from Montana State. Montana State made the NCAA tournament. Those three have already committed. You add Olivier Congwa to that mix, I'm here to tell you, that's probably like third-best team in the Big 12 four, you know, top three, top four in the Big 12. Remember, the Big 12 does have Houston next year. Kansas is going to be good. But I think you start talking about that next tier behind them. Baylor, Texas, Kansas State, West Virginia would be right in that mix. Olivier Congwa. Also, there's been some Michigan rumors. Now, I know what happened last week with Michigan and Caleb Love. My hunch is that they will not let admissions get in the way again. Olivier Congwa, I believe, is a, a is a graduate transfer as well. Point being, if he wants to go to Michigan, I don't think there will be any hiccups there. Those two schools appear to be in the mix. Olivier Congwa also, a lot of people thought Arizona was in the mix early, but after they took Keisha Johnson over this weekend, I don't really think they will be a factor in his recruitment. And speaking of Arizona, I, I think maybe the most interesting player in the portal right now is Arthur Kaluma. We've talked a lot about him. Played the last two years at Creighton was a guy that really blew up late in his freshman year, which was the 2021-2022 season, had 24 points against Kansas in the NCAA tournament. That was the year that Kansas won the national championship. Creighton gave him as much trouble as anybody. Well, Arthur Kaluma comes back this year, has a very good season, 12.6 rebounds per game, but not the season that he wanted. He decides to both enter the NBA draft as well as the portal as well. In the end, It'll be interesting to see he's another one like Grant Nelson. I believe he's going to try to see that NBA draft process all the way through. And listen, if he has no better options, then maybe he does decide to come back to college basketball. But what's interesting is his recruitment right now feels pretty wide open. His recruitment feels pretty wide open from this perspective is that, um, don't he, I I know for certain he's not going back to Creighton, or at least that's not the plan right now. But. Arizona was a school that was perceived to be the favorite up until again they took Keisha Johnson last week. They were recruiting Olivier Kongwa. They were recruiting Arthur Kaluma. They get Keisha Johnson. Now they don't, they don't have a spot to fill there. So Kaluma's a free agent. Don't have a great feel for where he would go if he came back to college basketball. Kansas feels like the one that is trending as the favorite. Remember, they wanted McKenzie and Baco badly this offseason, did not get him. So they're in the search for a big wing. Arthur Kaluma makes a ton of sense. All right, this what I want to do. Take a quick break, and we'll be right back. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say: your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over a hundred social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today! 18 plus all right everybody i'm back good to be back gonna be back final segment of the show so good to be back and i do want to wrap with the story that we've been following very closely here on the aaron torres pod over the last couple weeks and that is the status of five star forward ron holland by now i think everybody kind of knows the story but this is a player that some deem to be the best high school basketball player in the current class of 2023, meaning the current graduating class that's basically done with high school as we speak. Six foot seven, six foot eight forward, recently went up to number one in 24-7 sports final rankings of this class, and a player that just about everybody deems to be a lottery-type talent in the next 2024 NBA draft. So he's had a little bit of an interesting recruitment, And why it's become interesting over the last couple weeks and last couple months is this. He was a kid who was from Texas and had been committed to Texas for about six, seven months, commits in the fall. And even after the chaos at Texas over the last couple months, he stuck with the program. He stuck with the program when Chris Beard was arrested. He stuck with the program when Chris Beard was fired at Texas. I understand the charges were dropped. So, you know, just to be clear, I get I get how the legal process played out there. But stuck with Texas through all that, then stuck with them after Rodney Terry got the full-time job, only to, a little under a month ago, in the last week of April, basically say that he wanted out of his letter of intent and wanted to reopen his recruitment. And so since then, it's been about four weeks at this point, it's been very quiet in his recruitment for one pretty straightforward reason. Texas refused to let him out of his letter of intent. And everybody's trying to figure out why basically the reports were that Texas is trying to make sure that nobody tampered with Ron Holland, that kind of stuff. And we really hadn't had an update on Ron Holland until Tuesday when we got not one, but two very interesting updates as it pertains to this number one high school player in America. Ron Holland on Tuesday, he officially was released out of his national letter of intent from Texas. And we also learned that Ron Holland already has a visit set up, but it's not with a college. Instead, it is with the G League Ignite program, the NBA's basically developmental program for elite prospects, and that he is visiting G League Ignite today, Tuesday. As I'm saying it today, it's really Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever, whenever you're listening. Ron Holland visited on Tuesday of this week. And so since the day that Ron Holland decommitted, many, myself included, I think I was actually the first one to say, say it said that I believe that Ron Holland, it was basically, once his recruitment was officially reopened, it was going to come down to either G League Ignite or Arkansas. And so with the news on Tuesday that he's both been released from his letter of intent, but also that he's visiting G League Ignite, a lot of people have asked me, Torres, does this mean he's officially going to G League Ignite? And what I would say is, no. I do not believe that he is. And I believe that his recruitment is still very much wide open. Keep in mind, by the way, I'm recording this about 5, 6 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday. Stuff changes fast. But this is kind of what I can tell you. When people freak out and say, oh, you know, this, this definitely means that he's going to Ignite. I don't think it does at all. First of all, think about the timing of this visit. Remember, this could have nothing to do. The, the, the two news stories of Texas releasing him from his letter of intent and him visiting Ignite could have nothing to do with each other. Texas not releasing him up until Tuesday, all that means is that he can't visit or he can't commit and sign with any other colleges. But pro routes, he could go any pro route he wants. he could go to G League Ignite. He could go to Overtime Elite. He could go overseas. Uh, He could announce that he's basically taking the year off and just training. He could do anything he wants while he is currently under a national letter of intent with Texas. He just can't commit and sign with another school. And so just because he happens to be visiting Ignite the day that Texas releases him doesn't mean that it's a lock. We don't even know if these two things are coincidental. Maybe the visit was already set up. Maybe it was uh, uh, before he even knew he was going to get released. And then beyond that, even if over the next couple of days, he doesn't set up a visit with Arkansas, I don't know that I'm freaking out if I'm an Arkansas fan, because the bottom line is he's he's very familiar with the program. Visited campus multiple times. The staff was out to see him many times in Texas. And so this could almost be like some of the Hunter Dickinson stuff from a few months ago. Hunter Dickinson took some visits, but he basically said, I don't need to visit Maryland or Kentucky or whoever. I've already seen you three, four, five times. And so that's where I'm at with Ron Holland is I don't get the sense that just because he's visiting G League Ignite means that any other specific school is out of the running, especially an Arkansas program that he developed a real relationship with. And I've said many times in the last month, I believe, and my understanding is, there was real disagreement in his initial commitment. I think part of his camp wanted Texas, but part of his camp wanted Arkansas as well. And so really, now that he's out of his letter of intent, it'll be interesting to follow. And my guess is that this gets resolved pretty soon. And really, he's got two great options if it does come down to Arkansas and G League Ignite. I'm not going to say one is definitely better than the other. I mean, I'm the college hoops guy, so I would love to see him play college hoops. But let's start with Ignite. Because one thing I'll say is this, is is, is like I just said, I love college hoops. I wish all these great players came and played in college and had fun. One, because it's good for my business, our business, us as fans. Two, I just think the college experience is awesome. But it's not for everybody, and I'm okay with that. And I have made peace with the fact that there are going to be alternatives to college, and that's a great thing. It is a great thing for players who aren't interested in school, just want to get better, just want to focus on basketball, and as I've told you many times, G you think is a real program run by real professionals and they're doing really good work? I've told you before, but the guy, the head coach of that program is a guy named Jason Hart played in the NBA for 10 years, played at Syracuse under Jim Boeheim was a long time assistant coach at USC got to know him well during his time at USC. I happen to like him. I happen to think he's a very good coach. I haven't talked to him in a few years since he left SC But I just bring it up to say, he's he's a great talent developer. He was at USC, it's worth noting. You know that, I think it's like in the last four or five years, USC is behind only, I believe, Duke and Kentucky in terms of NBA draft picks. Don't know if that stat's correct. But you watch the NBA playoffs, DeAnthony Melton with the Suns, Chemezi Metu with the Kings, Jordan McLaughlin, Evan Mobley with the Cavs. USC puts dudes in the pros, and Jason Hart was a big part of that. And so if that's what Ron Holland wants, if he just wants to say, you know what, it's all about folk development, Forget school, forget this, forget that. I can't blame him for wanting to go with G League Ignite. And the thing I'll say is, since Jason Hart took over, the resume and track record is starting to speak for itself. Last couple years, Dyson Daniels, a kid from Australia, came in, turned into a lottery pick. Um, uh, Scoot Henderson this year will be a top three pick in the NBA draft, played the last two years at G League Ignite, never played college basketball. Uh, A couple other kids in that program will be drafted pretty high this year as well. Leonard Miller, a kid from Canada, et cetera. But I'll also say this. I think Arkansas is a heck of an option too. And, And again, selfishly, I'm a college hoops guy. would love to see him play at Arkansas. And I think Arkansas is kind of that best of both worlds alternative. Is one, you get to go to college. You get to be a kid for another year. You get to do the college experience. But you get to do it in a basketball crazy state. For a basketball-crazy fan base, for a program that is already going to start in the top 10 with or without you, maybe the top five, I'll be releasing my updated top 25 on Wednesday. Yeah, Arkansas is very high. And so you get all of the college experience, but you also get it with a program that is very NBA-centric and NBA-focused. We all know Eric Musselman, longtime NBA assistant and obviously a longtime NBA head coach. Keith Smart, former NBA head coach, is on that staff. Ronnie Brewer, former NBA player, is on that staff. Anthony Ruda, who worked in the professional ranks for a number of years, is on that staff. And so you look at what Arkansas can provide, and it's great. And oh, by the way, you get all the other cool stuff too. You get to play in front of 18,000 people every single night instead of with no due due disrespect, instead of half-empty crowds in the G League program. And I would also say, I, I think if it comes down to money, I don't think Arkansas is lacking in NIL either. And so again, I have no problem with either d- decision that he makes or if another school gets involved, but I do think it probably does come down to those final two, either Arkansas or G League Ignite. Now, in terms of if there's a leader, listen, based on the information I have right now, I don't know that there is, but I I, I listen, I've said it since the day he decommitted. These are the two most logical landing spots to me, and I do think it'll probably come down to one of those two. Another thing about Arkansas, by the way, is they now kind of what I just said about G League Knight now, just three or four years into the Eric Musselman experience. They have a track record of producing pros. Moses Moody already won an NBA championship. Uh, Anthony black is about to be a lottery pick. Nick Smith could sneak his way into the lottery. You go on and on and on down the list, by the way, Caleb Martin for the Miami heat, former Musselman guy, even though it wasn't at Arkansas. So I just bring it up to say two great options. I don't feel as though there's a leader right now. And listen, I still think when push comes to shove, if I had to take a guess, if I was in Vegas and such a prop bet was offered, I would go ahead and take that Ron Holland probably plays college basketball next year, but we'll see and we'll find out. Again, he knows the Arkansas program very well, and in the coming days he will get to know the G League Ignite program very well, and it'll be curious to see what decision he makes. Again, my slight lean would be that he's an Arkansas Razorback when it's all said and done. All right, with that said, I think it's time for me to get out of here. That is all for today's episode of the AirTour Sports Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you're subscribed. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, closing in on 25,000 subscribers. We're at like 22,8, two twenty two nine. so basically 23,000. No big deal. But go ahead and subscribe there as well. Get these segments early sometimes. If you're not following on social media, follow at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. That is all for today's show. It is time for me to get out of here. Thank you guys and girls for listening, and I will be back on Friday with a new episode of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, but that is all for today. Shout out to Torren Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Redick UF head. Unblock me, bro, and show some respect for Clarence for Clarence Gaines and the Winston Salem State basketball program. That is all. I'll be back on Friday. New episode. Talk Spot. With the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.